Welcome back to Freedom Current. Freedom Current. I'm Jeremiah Kinney. And I'm Brock. Brock Glaze. <laughs> yes. I was literally about to say my name. Fantastic. That was awesome. Very good. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, we just open and just introduce ourselves. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing because last week we didn't <laughs> introduce ourselves until like halfway through. <sighs> yeah. That's pretty good. All, All right. right. Well, good deal. Hey, have you had a good week since last week? <sighs> oh, yeah. I've had a good, I've had a really good week, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. been really nice. It was Easter. It was Easter. Oh, yes. My favorite holiday. And you're probably your favorite My holiday. My favorite holiday, too. Yeah. 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 So we had Good Friday service yeah. since then. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Read great passages. Yes. A bunch of people from church got up and read, and they all did an amazing job. Yes. Yes. And we wrote down prayers, and we oh, yes. put that them up on the, on the cross on the stage. Yeah. That was that pretty was cool. cool. That, that was, was Brad's cool. idea. That was a good idea. Our musician. Our Freedom Current musician. Oh, yeah. He's the one who does our, does our intro music. Yeah. We he's should a, mention him, by the way. Brad Adams. He's a, a genius. Yes. He's a musical genius. He has, a, yes. like, a studio in his house. Yes, he does. He knows all kinds of stuff. He's in a band called To The End. Yeah. We yes. don't let him help us with our editing because that's just a lot of work we don't want to ask him to do, but right. he would do way better. Oh, way better. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. did do our music. He did do our music. Yes. And he's yes. on standby. Yes. For anything else we need. Yeah, he's totally he's totally down for anything. He's a good dude. So anyway, he, he thought of that. And he played the piano. Mm-hmm. And sang to the piano, which was pretty cool. We don't cool. normally do that at no. our church. Mm-mm. So that was really that was really cool. It was really cool. Alright, so last week we rolled a die, which was this little blue twenty sider. Yes. And it landed on fourteen. I think it first landed on a different one, but we decided to roll again. Did, and then, th- I thought it landed on 19 first. And we were just yeah, like, let's I not do all about that just yet. Yeah, I don't want to do 19 yet. Yeah. 19 and 20, we'll wait for I kind of want to get yeah, some get momentum. Rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Pharisee and the tax collector from Luke chapter 18. Pharisee and the tax collector, which let's, is another parable. It's a parable. And we've been, well, yeah, we actually, some of these have been... Stories. Zacchaeus and the the rich young slave were stories, but then last week was a parable. Can I give you a pop quiz? Yep. What is a parable, or the, what's the point of it, etc.? Um, well, you told us last week. I had a different definition of parable uh-huh. from my childhood, which, which was which was um, uh, uh, a heavenly story with an earthly meaning, or earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Yeah, that's yeah. what my teachers always said. Yeah. And yeah. that's what they would tell me. But um, I liked your definition last last week when you talked about how um, whenever whenever Jesus is telling a parable, um, you need to find yourself in that parable and find out what Jesus is calling you to do, yeah. or to respond, yeah. or or to think about, or to settle in yourself, or something. Jesus is talking to everyone individually when he tells a parable, and you need to find yourself in that parable. And what's funny is some parables. Like I'd say, like the prodigal son, you might be able to be multiple people. Like you might be this person, and somebody else might be this person. It's not yeah. necessarily like the the focal person is necessarily everybody that's hearing. That's right. And you might be a different person in different times of your life, mm-hmm. a different person in that parable. So a parable is a confrontation ah. with concealed truth. Nice. So it says in Matthew somewhere, I forget exactly, maybe chapter 13, it says that the prophets had always prophesied that when Jesus came, he would speak in parables. Hmm. 
he would conceal truth that has been written since before the foundation of the world. And so he gives these parables so that those who have ears to hear can hear. Yeah. So do you have ears to hear when you're listening to that parable? Can you like say, you're right, I am the villain or the idiot or the proud person in this parable and I don't like that, but that's the facts and I need to change. Mm-hmm. That would be having ears to hear. Yeah. Or if you don't have ears to hear, you would say, no, that's not me. I'm not like that. Don't, don't ever, don't say that about me. How dare you? And then get all offended because secretly you don't, you don't necessarily disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But you don't like to be confronted by Jesus. So a parable is a confrontation of concealed truth. That's cool. For those that have ears to hear. All right. Well, that's a good little setup for reading a parable. Luke chapter 18. I think, did I read or did you read last week? Would you like to read? Yeah, I'll read. Okay. And I'll pray? Yeah. You want to pray before? Um, or I'll after? Pray after. Okay, cool. Give me a little... We, uh, have, we, have, a little, we have freedom yeah, to do whatever we, we want. We can do whatever we want. We could pray before and after. Yeah, we could. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we reading the entire chapter? No. What, where were... Uh, Pharisee and the tax collector. Nine. Yeah, it looks like verse 9 and probably to verse uh, 14. Yeah. Okay. Luke 18, starting at verse 9, and I'll read to verse 14. Mm-hmm. He, uh, as in Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even... Oh, I acted like that was still part of the prayer. Let me back up. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. Heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Mm. Father, thank you so much for this this parable, this story that Jesus told us. God, I pray that you would, would... Guard us against holding others in contempt um, and thinking that we are better than others. Father, I thank you for the freedom we have in Jesus Christ to be forgiven of our sins. I pray that that freedom would go not to our heads, but to our hearts. Guide Brock and I as we talk about this, your, your word today, and may it be a blessing to our listeners today. I pray for our listeners, Um, you know them, you know when they'll hear this, uh, and you know what they're going through. And so I pray that you would guide them into your freedom in Jesus and guard them as well um, to really enjoy the freedom instead of um, um, feel the the pride that can come from um, self-assurance and self-righteousness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Here we go. The Pharisee and the tax collector. So it was really short and to the point. It is. It is. And it tells us exactly what the point is in verse 9. And you want to know... Here's the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. 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 And I feel like I do this a lot. No, I want to hear it. But obviously a parable is... We're not, Jesus is not saying that this is a true story. He's not even mentioning anybody by name. No. Um, this is a, a fictional uh, story that Jesus sets up and essentially just tells a story. Mm-hmm. Some person, some people mm-hmm. did this, whatever. It's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. But I've always just thought to myself, you know that this has happened somewhere in the world. Oh, that's true, for sure. <laughs> and Jesus, <laughs> has, I mean, Jesus is God and he's got this memory bank that's available to him now obviously you know 
he set aside some of his de- deity mm-hmm. powers. When I mean, I mean, in a way, I yeah. think when yeah, he, he became man, decided because, not to access them. Yeah, he decided not to access them, but he can access them if he needs to, and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit just gives them to him. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that it's just like I was like, you know, this has happened, mm-hmm. and he's just not naming them by name. But he yeah. has he has all these he has perfect stories at his disposal because he has all the stories available yeah, that there no are doubt, no doubt oh, that is incredible and he's looking in his audience and he's not telling the story if he doesn't already know that in his audience there are numerous people that either have done this or would do this yeah would do this or do, yeah it just fits the bill and you know what else I was thinking as you were talking just now is that. The Pharisee has no idea what the tax collector is thinking or going through no. or experiencing. Um, the tax collector is just an extra in his life. Yeah. And I wonder how many times I've just rolled down the road and all these extras in my life. Some of them I've um, looked out with arrogance at and some with impatience at. Some I didn't even notice. And while God can hear my thoughts, God can also hear their thoughts. And they might be crying out to God in in remorse or agony or pressure mm-hmm. or or joy or who knows what. And God can hear all the thoughts all at once. It's a really good perspective. I mean, if you think, I mean, and it, that is a good perspective, I think, for any conscious human because we hear our own thoughts, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And so we just get this idea that we're the center of the universe. We sure do. And... Um, and we're and we're not. We're not. Somehow, God has created a a human species where there are count. I mean, not countless. There's seven billion minds and souls that are all hurting or anxious or sinning or pri- proud all over the world that have their own mm-hmm. their own just world in their mind. Like our mind is a no is doubt. a universe to itself. No doubt. It, and uh, there's billions of them. So, so who is the center of the universe? Well, who is the center of the universe? Obviously, it's the Son of God. It's the Son of God. And um, we talk about God's omnipresence. I learned this um, from a professor one time. God's omnipresence is not just that he is everywhere all at once. It's more than that. He's everywhere all at once. But you can combine that with his all knowledge mm-hmm. and his... Um, all wisdom, so whatever you want to call that, his omniscience, right? Mm -hmm. So it creates this attribute of God where he can hear all seven billion minds at once and deal with each one of those seven billion minds individually Mm -hmm. and have emotion toward each of them. And his emotion doesn't wash over if it's a strong emotion, it doesn't wash over from one to the other. He can emotionally deal with each of those seven billion minds individually. Like, have you ever been um, mad at one person and so you were mad at the dog or something like that? You, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That oh, yeah. never washes over. So if, if God is um, disappointed in one person and the person right next to them, he can listen to their prayer too and not be disappointed with them, but deeply compassionate. And that's what we're reading about in this, in this parable of simultaneous prayers. We are, we are. God actually has a thought and feelings towards each of these prayers. Yeah. Yeah. And both. And because we know that, the the rich young slave Jesus spoke to in love, mm-hmm. we can assume that God loves this Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's rebuking his uh, lack of humility yeah. and rewarding the the sinner quote unquote's humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not quote unquote. He is sinner, and the Pharisee does not sinners. go down go down to his house justified. Yeah. Right. We can get to that at the end because that is at the end. But um, he definitely handles the two prayers separately and differently. Yeah. Even though he hears them simultaneously. Hmm. That's just, I mean, just to take even outside of the parable, 
just thinking about that attribute of God is pretty thing is a pretty cool thing to just dwell on mm-hmm. because um, we somehow think that we uh, we set ourselves up as gods in this day society. Uh, we you know if it doesn't make sense to us or the science that we mm-hmm. have discovered you know doesn't have a, a way to explain this or that um, we just trust ourselves but we can't trust our I mean our minds and our eyes are feeble especially compared to that kind of a god no who is so precise and able to compartmentalize no with billions of minds. Mm-hmm. In front of him, and that's not even. There's no limit to his abilities. Yeah, no limit. You could add another seven billion; he'd be doing it the same. I need to remember that next time I get mad at something, not to take it out on my dog. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, poor Bobo. Yeah. Poor Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So it says he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves. What, what do you take that to mean, to trust in yourself? Well, I, I mean, think it's part of... I'm sorry. No, you're good. I just want to reiterate one thing you said earlier. We can hear our own thoughts. And our own thoughts are loud to us and important to us. Hmm. So anyway, what do you think? Trust um, in themselves. I mean, the Pharisee gives a good example of what these people may have been trusting in. You know, they are good people. They tithe everything. They tithe their spices even, not just their money. Um, they fast twice a week. They're, they're, they're doing good deeds. And so they think that they deserve God's favor for uh, sacrificing this much, mm-hmm. you know, and or going through this much self-imposed yeah. pain. They just... They can look at, and it sounds kind of silly to say they tied their spices, but they can look at the priests at the temple and imagine the priest's household, because those priests could get married and could have children, and did. Um, They did, because the priesthood was hereditary. Yeah. Um, And they could think, I put spices in that house. The spices I tithed went to those houses. I'm taking care of people. And you can feel really good about yourself when you're taking care of people, right? Yeah. I mean, do we see that today? I think so. We take care of somebody and we're like, yep, look how I did it. I took care of them. You trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Trust in themselves. Hmm. Treated others with contempt. How do those go together? Why do those, why do those go together? I had not prepared that thought, but it suddenly struck me. No, I mean, I, I'm thinking about it myself. That's a good question because they do seem to go together. And there's a a pride element, probably, that what makes you elevate yourself makes you de-elevate others. Yeah, um, yeah. Because in order to be... In order to be impressive to God if you're relying on your own deeds you have to compare yourself to others you have to have a relative comparison it is all about the comparison yeah because I obviously God you know he's going to you know have favorites obviously and if I look around if I'm better than everyone else then I'm going to be at the top I'll be the favorite but you have to but it, it relies on other people failing for you to succeed, yeah, it doesn't give room for everyone to come to God, to come to God. Yeah, yeah. I often think about um, when when we trust in ourselves. I often think about that as average goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, so instead of being bad and selfish, I was averagely good, mm-hmm. and some, somehow I get kind of puffed up about that. It's not like I did anything really that great. Just something averagely decent. And, and because I think part of the relative comparison, too, is not merely to others, but to what we really want to do, to who we really would be. And I, I think down deep, we kind of know. Um, and that's why I think we're impressed with our 
average decency sometimes is we know that 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 was expensive to us even though it was average it we really had to try hard we come from a low place we come from a place of of selfishness Mm -hmm. and so these these guys are no different than all of us really we're we're struggling and that's why it's hard to what what i don't want to get too far from what you're saying because that's why it's hard to believe jesus when he says um his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Because when we're only averagely good, it's actually hard for us. It's hard for us to accomplish that. It requires sacrifice and it requires us going out of our way and inconveniencing ourselves to do average goodness. So when you're thinking about doing things that Jesus says we're supposed to do, like he says we're going to do even greater things than he's done, yeah. um, We can't, I can't. it's hard to fathom how that's going to be easy. But... The first, the average goodness was done with our own strength. And Jesus is going to give us the strength to do what he wants us to do. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's so, why we call it a current on yeah. this podcast, right? Yeah, a current, like an electrical current. An electrical current or an or wa- ocean, current. ocean current. It's something pushing that's not your power and it's a, yeah. it's a very powerful force. Yeah, yeah. It's, a power of, it's the power of God that works in and under mm-hmm. us and propels us. We can't even take credit for it. No. Nope. We just enjoy it. Yeah. We don't fight it. Yeah, don't fight it. Don't, yeah. Just just surf. Surf it. Surf that wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, all right. So I think we've dealt with verse 9 pretty well. Um, and I have to confess that I, I, I live in verse 9 quite a bit. Hmm. I trust in myself. Yep. I treat others with contempt. Because uh, one thing that you said, I, I've already repeated it, it's resonating in my head. I can hear my thoughts really, really well. I, I have to fight that urge to be the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that self-deception. Well, and you want to know something is true, I think, is I think naturally... Um, or at least we learn this and give into it at a young age because our thoughts are so loud to us, we really are the center of our universe. So making Christ the center of our universe, mm. mm-hmm. um, that could be that could be a fun little thing to do, a fun little Christian experiment. What's it like when Christ is the center of the universe? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we can we humble ourselves and make him the center of our mental universe, which is a huge universe in and of itself that we've always been the center of? Mm-hmm. No um, doubt. No doubt. And I think that's the goal. I think that's why he's called the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Not he's friend Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is the Lord of all universes. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you let him be or not. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So two men went up into the temple to pray. A Pharisee and a tax collector. And a Pharisee, by the way, um, could be anybody. So the Pharisees... Um, could be white collar or blue collar type of individuals. They could be wealthy individuals or middle class or lower middle class kind of guys. So they all weren't tradesmen. Yeah, really. Yeah, they could be anybody. But sort sort of like so. Imagine the, the but did Elks they have some club or something like that? I mean, I mean, I don't know, right? Or or something like that, where um, or the Legion or something like that, where you know. The people that belong there could come from all sorts of classes, hmm. as long as they did what these Pharisees do, right? They strictly thought about the Bible in terms of should and should not. Well, did they have like an official role? Did they have a role to play in the temple and the synagogue? I think they were more like influencers. Okay, interesting. Yeah, they did not have... They did not have... So they could have a day job that didn't have to do with... Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. This was not... Being a Pharisee was not a paid position. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like being a deacon at your church or something like that. And that's a great example, by the way. A deacon at your church could be coming from any class, right? Or any occupation or any family or whatever, right? Yep. Right? Just is he willing to serve in that way? Um, And a deacon ought to be an influencer in a church. Yeah. Right. An influencer for good and for service. So these Pharisees are are, are kind of like that. 
So this guy, we don't know much about him, but um, he has somehow managed to overcome um, his selfishness and accidentally plunge himself into a deeper selfishness. <laughs> he says, I'm thankful, I thank you, God, that I am not like other men. I thank you, God, that I am not like other men. What does that make you think of? Is he giving God credit? Or is he kind of I don't know. taking credit? I mean, so I don't know. When I when I first read that, I could see how he might be self-deceived and in a way. Not that he he I could see a way where he isn't fully taking credit. Where he actually sees um the outcome of his life and is genuinely coming to God with some sort of thankfulness that he's ended up like he has and thinking that but then but then of course he thinks he's better mm-hmm. um it's one of those things that's really hard to understand it's really hard to think because obviously uh, he hasn't made the same choices that the tax collectors has, have made to be extortioners like he says thank you god that i'm not an extortioner like these other people like mm-hmm. this tax collector here right like he hasn't made he has avoided making choices like that yes um and so he thinks that the choices he's made are all holy and good and he's thankful that maybe god has protected him from those kinds of things. I don't know. He's just trusting trying, in himself. I'm trying, we know that. Yes, we definitely know that. I understand that for for sure. I'm just trying to give him some credit. Yes. A little bit of credit. Well, because his I want to put myself life, in I want to put myself in his shoes. Yeah. And I want to think yeah. that there have been times that I might have prayed like him, but I was doing it like I was convinced. I was convinced that I was coming from a place that I was right even though I was wrong. Yeah. Cuz sometimes you're just you can deceive yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, you just don't see the whole picture. You don't. And then it's hard to accept the truth when it comes because you really believed it. So the whole picture for him. What? Well, no, no, no. First, what he can see is this. He believes that he has made God the center of his universe. Mm. Right? And yet he is the center of his universe. Mm-hmm. How do we get that wrong? How can you live a life where you talk about God, you read, you read God's word, you think about what God wants you to do and you think about God's rules and you think that you've made God the center of your life. Maybe he's the center of your checkbook or the center of your um, calendar. Yeah. And yet God's not, but you are. You are the center of all of that. So you talked about choices. He hasn't made the choices that the tax collector has made. But he's making a different choice. Mm-hmm. He thought he was choosing God's the sinner, and yet somewhere down the road, and he may have gotten into Phariseeism with wonderful motives. Sure. But then, oh, down the road somewhere, he started making a choice that it was all about him. Yeah. I mean, he thanks God, but then gives himself credit. Yeah. He thanks God and he says, thank, thank you that I'm not like these other people. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. So really he's thanking himself. He really is. <laughs> he's almost praying to himself at that point. He's reminding God of why God should thank him. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thank you for allowing me to do all these good things for you, God. Remember. Yeah. Remember <laughs> it. Remember it when I come before you one day. Uh, yeah. Because God's supposed to be up there in heaven saying, oh, I thank you, Pharisee, for fasting twice a week. Yeah. And like, I thank you for giving tithes <laughs> of all that you get. Oh, it's a good thing. God's up there going, oh, I'm so glad I've got a tenth of your cumin. (laughs) Seriously, I'm so glad this Pharisee isn't eating for portions of the day twice during the week. Because I really needed him to do that for some reason. We were running out of food. We were running out of food. Uh, Oh, my word. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So he's, he's asking God to be thankful. Oh, that's so gross to say out loud. And I know I've done that. He's asking God to be thankful for him. Hmm. He oh, let's talk about um, let's let's go back a bit and let's talk about the choices he has 
um, not made. He has decided not to be an extortioner or unjust or an adulterer or even like that other guy over there. Yeah. That tax collector. He's, he's, he hasn't made those choices. Those would be bad choices to make, right? Mm-hmm. To extort people. Yeah. You know, it is kind of fascinating to me that they hate tax collectors so much. It's like, I don't like the IRS. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to have to edit that out. I can't let that on the internet. <laughs> but I don't hate them. Like, I don't like... If I see... If an IRS agent was just, like, in a restaurant I was eating at, I'm not just going to be like, whoa, look at that guy. I yeah, hate him. Gross. Like, whatever. He's just doing his job. He's just... He went. He was an accounting major and figured out this is a good career path, and he just joined the IRS and he passed the little background checks and everything, and mm-hmm, it's a good mm-hmm. job. I mean, I get that in this day and age, you're almost like like a traitor to your people because Rome is collecting the tax, and you are a Jew mm-hmm. um, who who actually is kind of being occupied by Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, but even then, man, they hate him. It's politics. Yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. And you know sense. what I don't want to get into on this podcast is politics. Yeah, no, but, but it is right. Yeah, and politics is divisive. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably is that's a huge part of it. That makes sense. He, they're just on one side of the political spectrum and the tax collectors have chosen to align themselves with the other side yeah and politics is just divisive naturally now now these tax collectors align themselves with the side that that did allow them to become extortioners themselves so it's more than i mean don't i mean don't hear me wrong it's it's more than politics here it's because you can be, we're all tax You can collectors. be a nice dude on either side, um, red or blue, here in this country. But this uh, this tax collector is not a nice dude. He has taken what did not belong to him. Is that? Is, I mean, as a tax collector, is that is that how you got paid? Like, was it was it like required extortion for you to even make a salary? That's a great question. I don't or know. was it just a good opportunity? Because the people come in paying their taxes just didn't have any choice. And so yeah, they're like going to have maybe, to pay whatever you make them pay. Maybe it's not by definition you have to be a criminal to be a tax collector. Yeah, well, like, do they get a salary? Right. Uh, uh, if they don't extort. Could you be a decent moral person? Yes. And, and still... be a tax collector and just say, hey, I'm not going to fight the power. I'm going to yeah. go along with it. Rome is in charge and... You can be happier if you go along with it than if you fight it. Yeah. I wonder, maybe, but it sure wasn't the fruit of their lives, was it? As we read the Gospels, we yeah. don't see... No, you're right. ...these tax collectors trying to subsist on their... On their base salary. Yeah, on their base <laughs> salary. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. So I don't know. I That's mean, a great question. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, I guess it's just a different... It's just a cultural disconnect... That I've just always been curious about. And I'm sure there's ways to research. I bet there is. Did Rome pay or, and I think I've read this before, did the guys, did the tax collectors have to like give quotes when they were applying for the position? Like I can raise this much. Hmm. And then Rome took the highest quote. I think I've read that before, but oh man, maybe I didn't, or maybe I read that wrong. So yeah, I don't know. Decide whether you're going to leave that into the in the podcast or edit it out because I don't quite remember. But I think I've read that before. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this guy, um, this Pharisee, has not been unjust. Well, three of the things go together. Extortioner, unjust, and tax collector are all basically the same thing. Yeah, he's fixated on something. He's looking at this other guy praying. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's he's trusting in himself, and he thinks he's better than this other guy. And he's thought of three different ways to describe this guy, as if it's this three different categories of people. But really, he's just trying to say, "I'm better than him." And 
And hold on, does it say if he's saying this in his mind or if he's saying it out loud? I mean, it says standing by himself, he okay. prayed thus. Okay, so probably just praying to himself. I was just just gonna check to see if like he's actually like saying this out loud, like make this yeah. tax if you feel stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it doesn't seem like it. <clears throat> yeah, like he's just. He's just warming up, and he might know this ta- tax collector to be an adulterer too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he just seen this guy. He knows and he's stuff just about warming him. up. Well, and you know. so let's go to the tax collector then. Okay, let's do it. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven when he prayed, and he beat his chest, mm-hmm. and he said, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." Maybe he is. Maybe he knows he's an extortioner. He, he knows, knows he's unjust. Maybe he knows he's an adulterer. Yes, he does. He absolutely knows it. Look at his, before we even take his words, his posture. He's not trusting in himself. Yeah. You know? And he's the center of his universe right now, too. Mm -hmm. He's not thinking about the Pharisee at all. Although perhaps, I don't know, being around that Pharisee makes him feel like even more of a heel. Maybe. But he knows, and he's being honest with himself, he can't even look up to heaven to pray sense hmm. right yeah it does he beat his breast that's physically demonstrative that's emotional yeah because i don't like that's typically not something like yeah you could do that beat your chest or something but i imagine him being like an agony yeah over his sin and he's just like trying not to scream yeah and he's just like you know, yeah, and just trying to like maybe so maybe he's trying to hold it together because he's in public. Yeah, and he's uh yeah he's trying to hold it together. He's trying not to burst out into tears. Yeah, and he's just trying to pray to God and yeah and get mercy. Yeah, t- similar to pounding the table or you know kind of hitting your head with the with the what what is that part of your hand? You know when you're the just kind palm. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when you're um. You know, just just those things where you're just clutching your your fists, trying, and there's huge emotion. This guy's very tense. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely what I'm reading there. And what's he thinking about? He's thinking about his place before God, and he's remembering how he has been an extortioner. Hmm. He's remembering the family he took the last the last um, dollar from. You know, and then it goes on to say, Jesus is saying, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. That's insane that, um, so I talk to people all the time and this is one of their criticisms of Christianity is they just don't like the fact that Christians just believe that they can just sin and then just magically be forgiven, um, which that's a very much an oversimplification of the idea of Christian forgiveness. But um, like, if this guy really did take money from a family, mm-hmm. or if this guy really did cheat on his wife, or if this guy really did do all these other things, like in my heart, I don't really want him to be forgiven. I want him to have to pay for these things. Yeah. Um, but Jesus forgives him, yeah. and he's justified. Legally before God. Yes. He's forgiven and he's justified. And that's, and the, the, even though as humans we don't want to see that, um, we all need that. Right. So there's no human that can actually pay what they owe. Right. So we want to, we look at other people and be like, oh, they need to pay. Like I just said about this Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't pay for what I owe. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be able to cry out to God in a recognition of my sin and I need to be able to be forgiven like this yeah. or else there's no hope for me. Yeah, yeah. And a big part of what they're not seeing in a true Christian is what this guy's experiencing here, which is repentance. Yeah, that's now, true. Now, repentance does not directly equate to how demonstrative or emotional you get. Yeah, no. But it is a recognition that your sin is sinful and hateful. Yeah. And that you not only regret it, but um, you know that you did it and you can't undo it. And you deserve God's 
judgment for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this guy's got that. Now, here's a cool thing in the word be merciful. In Greek, that's the same word family as propitiation. Okay. Halasmos. Propitiation means a wrath-satisfying sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, like, um, I don't even know if this ever actually happened or not, but it's kind of um, a little folklore or whatever, maybe. Maybe it happened. Where, where Polynesian islanders might throw a virgin into a volcano so that the volcano would not be angry at their island. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She was a propitiation for the island when they threw her in. Horrible, right? Yeah. Well, that's what Jesus was for us. The yeah. same exact thing. He was a propitiation for us. This guy is saying, God, be propitiated to me. Or in other words, God, find a way to not be angry with me. Yep. How many times have we prayed that? God, please find a way. Not to be angry with me, a sinner. I think that gets right down into the root of of um, the Pharisee and the tax collector's hearts. Um, is that one guy thinks God should be thankful for him, and the other guy knows that God should be angry with him. Yeah. God, please find a way not to be angry with me. Mm-hmm. that's true repentance and the overflow of that just from well I can see it in all throughout scripture but even anecdotally in my life and as I've witnessed other people when you humble yourself and understand your own sinfulness and repent and accept forgiveness from God um, you are then way more capable of going throughout the world uh, with the ability to offer um, patience and forgiveness and true love and to listen to people who are struggling because you know how how you've needed mercy. Yeah, it's just it's something yeah. that God uses to awake something in our own hearts, uh-huh. um, and we're able to show the same the same kind of mercy to others when we know that we need mercy ourselves. Yeah, because when you're freed from trusting in yourself then you don't have to hold others in comparative contempt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can identify with others. Rather than <clears throat> compare, you can identify. I think mm-hmm. those are opposites. You yeah. can identify with others and say, they need the help that I have received, mm-hmm. that I did not earn. I didn't do anything for it. They need that help. I want them to have that. I want them to have the same blessing or inheritance that I have. Yep. Because we're not we don't have to be jealous of God's love because he has enough for us all. Right. He has more than enough for us all. Yes. He has enough to give us all a full cup of love uh, at amen. all times. Amen. Um so we don't have to be jealous like we have to earn some of it because he's only going to give out a little. We don't have to look at the next guy praying over there and say Oh, God, let me remind you of how disgusting he is. And let me remind you of how wonderful I am. Yeah. So that I can get that full cup of God's love. Yeah. We don't have to do that. Oh, and we God. do find ourselves fighting in, in a fallen world for things like that. You know, we've got to get ours. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, you know, there's not enough for everybody. So we've got to you know, earn, earn to the top or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's not the way. Well, I want to talk about sin then, because a lot of times we think that in order to really experience freedom, we've got to ignore sin. Don't talk about sin. Mm -hmm. Don't say what things are sin. Um, and if you did sin, just move on or excuse it or give it a different word so that you can feel better about yourself. Yeah. And the path to freedom is through the facing up to sin. Mm-hmm. It's just admitting what what sin is something that you commit. Admitting your sin is sin. The, the, the thing is, though, the thing is, um, God's not 
ready to punish you when you do that. Right. He is literally ready to accept you. Because you're he already answered this accepted. prayer. Yeah. Jesus knew when he wrote this this tax collector's prayer for him, right? Because it's a yeah, theoretical it's a guy. Jesus knew exactly what God's listening for because Jesus knew why he was sent to this earth. God, find a way to not be angry with me. Please be merciful to me. Because Jesus knew that that's exactly why God sent him to the earth because mm-hmm. God had found a way not to be angry with us and to be merciful to us. Jesus is telling us to put our trust, our faith, in God and not ourselves. Yep. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Mm-hmm. He did. And he Pretty offers cool. forgiveness. Pretty cool. And Praise he, God. I mean, he, he's ready to offer forgiveness when we ask for, ask for mercy. And we just yeah. ask him and we come to him and say, I repent. He'll forgive us seven times in one day. And you can lift your head then and be free. I tell you, this man went to his house justified. justified. Yeah. Should we take a break? Take a break. Praise God. Praise God. All right. That's good. That's a good story. Okay. Good deal. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. 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 I think we're we're back. Are we back? Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So um, a big takeaway, I think, is the very last verse. Okay, let's talk about it. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, which I forgot about until just now. Hmm. Rather than the other. Trusting in yourself will not justify you. Nope. It's not going to do it. No. So it's a miserable way to live. It is. Because you you never think it's enough. And so you're always trying to exalt yourself, but you're just going to be humbled. Well, that's what the verse says. Right. That, that's why I meant, yeah. No, I, I wasn't was, being I, profound. I was no, actually reading that. No, no, gotcha. Yeah, I was, I was reading as you're saying. I was like, hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, you have really internalized this concept. <laughs> but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's the freedom current, right? If yeah. you will go through the sin to the face of the Savior, to the face of God. Yep. You'll acknowledge your sin. And let Jesus do the justifying. Yes. And then you can you can be changed. Yeah. You can be changed. You can be changed. Now, you can walk down to your house with your head up instead of down. Mm-hmm. Because you're justified. And you can be and you can feel free in your in your spirit. You can feel free and you can sleep peacefully and you can really be thankful for the only, for the one thing in this universe that deserves your thanks. Yes. Yes, and yes, you will sin again. Yeah, you will. And you don't need to be flippant about that. You should be remorseful and repentant about that. Mm -hmm. But even in that, that repentance leads you right back to this. It's a good thing I'm not trusting in myself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that thankfulness, I think we've said it every week so far, that thankfulness is going to lead you to greater and greater degrees of, of... Pursuit of God. Yeah. Just an overflow of thankfulness makes you love him more. Yeah. And as you love God, you love others more. Exactly. Yeah. So pursuit of others even. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's good. All right. So um, what's the thing that stood out to you today? Um, really that that Jesus justifies us. That there really is, there really was uh, a sinner that even the even the world would look at as a sinful person, extorting people, um, kind of betraying your own people, uh, uh, and and possibly an adulterer or um, etc. This is somebody who really has sinned, and um, the, however he acknowledges it. And Jesus justifies him. He acknowledges his sin and he asks for mercy. He asks, like you said, um, the word for mercy is also the word for propitiation. He asks for God to find a way not to be mad at him, to Mm. satisfy his own anger towards him. And God does. He did find a way. He does. He did. And Jesus is the way. And Jesus is the way. And Jesus knows he's the way when he's telling this parable. He sure does. He, he He wants you to come to him. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and for me, the thing that stood out was um, right at the beginning, the idea of the center. What's at the center? Um, what's the center of my universe and the center of my thoughts? Mm-hmm. May it be more of Jesus and less of me every day. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Shall we um, roll? Yes. Okay. So we're going to roll and see what is up next. Okay. Let's do it. Here we are. Um, we just did number 14. So we are looking for a low number. Possibly. It's funny. We did 13, 14, 15. Yeah. All right. Here I go. See if you can get 12 or 16. All right. 12 or 16. Yeah. Actually, why don't you just, why don't you tell me what you want me to get? Okay. And then I'll just, and then I'll, I'll will the dice to do it. Okay. Actually, let's go somewhere on the first column. Let's right. get uh, number five. Number five. Here we go. Can you do it? Oh, oh it didn't count. <laughs> didn't count. Roll, re-roll. Twelve? Dude, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> that's crazy. Twelve. Anxious and troubled. Um, so Luke... Ten chap- and twelve. Chapter ten and twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see why I wrote that one down here. Luke 10, oh, I was talking about Martha and Mary at the end. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. That's at the very end of 10. And then 12 says, do not be anxious. And he tells you why not. And then he tells you about how good God is. Okay. 12, 22. So I saw the word anxious kind of in those like... Yeah, um, those the, little subtitles. Yep, twice, and so that was a good title for. So I was like, these. let's do both of them together because Mary and Martha's short. Yeah, so that's why I did that. All right, does I'll, that sound good? It sounds great. So we'll talk about Mary and Martha, and we'll talk about the goodness of God and why we should not be anxious and, or have anxiety over. Right, and that's next week. Next week. All right, okay. sounds good. All right, dude. Hey, thanks for listening to Freedom Current. Thanks, everybody. It's gonna be awesome. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thank uh-huh.